If you could rise for the reading of God's Word, Luke 22. If you need a Bible, please raise your hand. We are in verse 54. Verse 54. (coughs) Having arrested him, meaning Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them, and a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, this man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Let's pray. Father, there is so much in here, Lord, about us. Your word says that when we read the Bible, it's like looking into a mirror. In the book of James, it says, some look into a mirror, into the word of God, and then they just depart as if they had never seen what they had just read. But there are others who look into the mirror into the word of God and their hearts embrace what they see and read. That's who we want to be this morning, Lord. I pray that you would do this work, that work in us, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you may be seated. So, in Romans Chapter 3, verse 23, it says this, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's an oft-quoted verse. The Bible says that all men, even the best men, All women, even the best women, mess up, and they mess up bad, and they sin. They break God's law. They rebel and shake their fists at God. Even the best men, the best women, 
come out of the womb shaking their fist at God. All men, all women, they mess up bad. They mess up ugly. But listen, not all men and not all women recover well. They don't all recover. Some not at all. Everyone messes up, not everyone recovers. We're going through the book of Luke. We're in chapter 22. Chapter 22 is about, among other things, it's a story about two men who have messed up bad. They mess up ugly. One of them recovers. The other does not. Who are the two men? Peter and Judas. The apostle Peter and the apostle Judas. We don't always think of Judas. We don't really call him the apostle Judas, do we? He was an apostle. He was the apostle Judas. One of them recovers, the other does not. They both mess up really, really bad. They mess up ugly. Why does one man, one woman, recover, but the other not? Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning. It's what I want to talk about. That word recovery, it is a word that's, it's thrown around a lot today, recovery. But not all recovery is recovery in God's economy. Not all recovery is recovery in the mind in in God's way. And that's what we're going to talk about, though, today. What is recovery in God's economy? Luke chapter 22, here's the setting. It is the night before Jesus is crucified. Jesus is with the 12 apostles in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane, that word means, in the Greek, an oil press. It's the place of crushing, the place of pressing, the place of grinding. Verse 41 of this chapter says, you can turn back with me, that it was also the place where there was an extraordinary, extraordinary prayer going on between Jesus, the Son of God, and the Father. Verse 41 says, And he, Jesus, was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Take this cup. What is that cup? We talked about this last week. That cup was the cup of God's judgment. You you see in the Bible, throughout the Bible, the, the wicked drink in the cup of judgment. There's references throughout the Bible of the wicked taking the cup. And actually, God making the wicked drink the cup of, of judgment. 
Well, the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the penalty for our sin is is judgment. It's death, everlasting death. So that was the cup of judgment for Jesus. He's he's having to take uh, the the cup of judgment, the judgment on all sin, on all sin. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then Jesus continued praying in verse 44. It says, and being in agony, this is no small thing. No one's ever gone through this thing. The agony of knowing that you're going to be drinking the cup of almighty God's judgment. He's in agony here, not because he's scared of going to the cross. He's talked about the cross a lot. We've seen that. Ever since Luke chapter 9, he's been talking about going to the cross. It's not why he's in agony. He's in agony because he's going to be separated from the Father and he's going to drink the cup of judgment. Verse 44, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Great drops of blood. This is actually a medical condition of a person under extreme Stress. It's a documented medical condition where the capillaries in the, in, in the sweat glands burst under extreme stress and the blood shows up in the sweat. This is what Jesus is, is going through. By the way, he's going through it for you. Then it says, in verse 46, he, it, it says he... We're actually just go to verse 47. It says he, he rises up and he's talking to his disciples and, and, and the book of Matthew, it actually says, okay, now we, you got to get up, guys. We got to go. And at that moment in verse 47, it says, while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude and he who was called Judas, here's this guy, the apostle Judas, one of the 12 went before them and drew near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the son of man with a kiss? Now Judas is messing up pretty bad here. He's messing up ugly. This is not a good day for Judas. Because this is Jesus, he, this is Jesus here. This is Jesus, Jesus who the Bible calls the ancient of days, the light of the world, the rock of ages, the chief cornerstone, the son of righteousness, the son of God, and Messiah. And Judas, Judas has plotted to have this man Jesus destroyed. I would say Judas is messing up pretty bad here. Now let's go to Peter. Let's go to verse 54. They arrest him. They arrest Jesus. It says they let, they let him and brought him to the high priest's house. 
for, for a trial. There's going to be a trial in front of the high priest. By the way, this is, in the, this is like 2, 3 in the morning. But Peter followed at a distance. Now, when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at Peter and said, this guy, this man, was also with Jesus. He was with this guy. In verse 57, it says, but, but, but Peter denied Jesus and said, woman, I do not know him. I don't know this guy. And after a little while, another saw him and said, came up to him and said, you also are of them. You are one of those Jesus followers. You're one of them. And Peter said, man, I am not. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of those followers of Jesus. Verse 59. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed. Confidently affirmed. What what does that mean? It means, actually, the root word is violently or mightily. Said, surely this guy also was with him, with Jesus, because he's a Galilean. He comes from the same place. Wait a second. I know. I know. I know. I know. This guy was with this Jesus man. And what does Peter say? He says, man, I do not know what you are saying. At that time, in the book of Matthew, it says he began to curse and swear. I do not know. I swear to God. I do not know who Jesus is is what the book of Matthew, how the book of Matthew recounts it. Immediately, verse 60, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. So I would say Peter messes up pretty bad here. He messes up ugly. Now keep in mind, just a few hours earlier, when Jesus had told his disciples, he had told them in Matthew 26, he says, you know, just so you guys know in advance, all of you are going to fall away, all of you. And what did Peter do? Peter, Peter stood up in front of all of them and says, even if all these guys fall away, I will not. I will not. In this chapter, Luke 22, where uh, where Jesus says, Jesus actually says that actually in verse 31, he says, Simon, Simon, Peter, you know, Satan has asked for you and and he's going to mush you, man. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And how does, how, does, how does Peter respond? He says, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Meaning that Satan guy, oh, he's a little, 
he's a sorry dude, man. He, I, he, he's not no power over me. I'm going to go with you to prison. I'm going to die with you. He's messing up bad here. He's messing up ugly. And also, by the way, the parallel account said one of these people who confronted him and said, hey, you were with that guy. It was a little servant girl. Little girl. Peter's a muscle-bound fisherman. So again... In Romans 3.23, it says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everybody. All men, even the best of men. All women, even the best of women. They mess up bad. They, me- they sin. They break God's law. They rebel and shake their fist at God. All men, all women. But not all recover well. So what happens next here? Why does one man recover, but the other not? We're going to see Peter recover. We're going to see Judas not recover. You don't have to turn with me, but in Matthew 27, in Matthew 27, it talks about how Judas recovered, how Judas recovered. It says in Matthew 27, it's, it, this is a little later on from this point, it says Judas, Jesus' betrayer, seeing that Jesus had been condemned to death, he was remorseful. He was really, really sad. He was really upset at what he had done. The King James actually says he repented, uses the word repent, And he brought back the 30 pieces of silver which had been given to him. It was the the price of his betrayal. He brought it back saying to the chief priest, he brought it back to the people who had paid him the money and says, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And then it says in verse five that he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and he departed. So he gave back the money. He gave it back. Peter, what did he do? Well, there's a great story in, um, at the end of, of John, John chapter 21, where Jesus has died now and he has been resurrected. He's resurrected. And before he ascends into heaven, there are many appearances of Jesus. The Bible says there's over 500 witnesses of people who saw Jesus before he went to heaven. In other words, after his resurrection, but before he went to heaven. And John 21 is about one of these, one of these appearances. It says in John 21, it says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And this is how he showed himself. Simon Peter 
Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and the two other, two other of his disciples were together. And Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we're going with you also. So they went out immediately, got into a boat, and that night they caught nothing. So they tried to fish all night. They caught nothing. Verse 4 says, when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet his disciples did not know that it was him. And then Jesus said to them, he called out to them, he said, children, have you any food? Meaning, did you catch anything? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, well, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and they cast the nets out and they were not able to bring it in because of the multitude of fish. So they went from catching nothing all night. Jesus says, throw out the nets and, and, and uh, the nets come in with a multitude of fish. In verse seven it says, therefore that disciple whom Jesus said, which Jesus loved, said to Peter, he says, wow, it's the Lord. It's the Lord who asked us, who was just speaking to us. That's the Lord on the beach. So it's actually, it's John, who is the disciple whom Jesus loved, says to Peter, actually, that's the Lord. It's Jesus. It's Jesus there. And it says, at that point, Simon Peter heard it. He took off his outer garment, his outer clothes, and he plunged into the sea, and he swam to shore. And then the rest of the boats followed him to the shore. The rest of the boats followed him. It's a big dude. He can swim faster than boats with more than multiple men rowing. He plunged. I like that word. Some of the translations say he cast. He just jumped into the sea and he swam towards Jesus. And then there was a meeting. They had breakfast on the shore with Jesus. What happens? What happened next in the life of these two guys? What happened next? What happened to Judas? Anyone? He hung himself. He hung himself. What happened to Peter? Well, turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, actually what had happened in Acts chapter 2, when Jesus, right before he went to heaven, he said, wait in Jerusalem and you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit, who's going to fall upon you, which happened in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 4, uh, Peter, uh, uh, the, the, the disciples, the, the church was starting to multiply, and it says in verse 3, it says, they laid their hands on him. Who's they? It's, it's the religious policemen laid their hands on them, the disciples. They took him into custody, meaning they, they took him to jail until the next day. They stuck him in prison. P- 
Peter and the other guys. They stuck them in prison. In verse 5, it says, On the next day, the rulers, the elders, the scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John Alexander, and as many as were the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And they And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, by what power and by what name have you done this? So they brought Peter and the rest of the guys before them. And we'll see later, these guys have power actually to to put people to death. They didn't legally, but they, they were able to manipulate or control the Roman authorities. That's what happened with Jesus. That's why Jesus died. Jews sort of twisted the governor's arm to crucify Jesus. Well, they can do the same thing, surely, with these guys. So this, is a, this, this situation is really, really a dangerous one. I mean, their life is on the line here. And they say in verse... Um, seven there, and says, by what power, by what name are you doing these things? In other words, who gives you the right to go out and say and do these things? Who gives you the right to do these things? And verse eight says this, and this is going to answer the question, what happened to Peter? Judas hung himself. This is what Peter did. It says, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, elders of Israel... If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, because they had actually raised someone from, they raised a a man who had been paralyzed and he was able to walk, by what means he has been, uh, been, been made well, let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Now I would say this guy's changed. This guy has recovered well, would you not say? He's telling his accusers, you crucified Jesus of Nazareth. You did. Whom God has raised from the dead, and by him, this, by him, it's by him, by Jesus, this man stands here before you whole. In other words, the lame guy could now walk. Verse 11 says, this is the stone, meaning Jesus, who who was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other man, for there is no other name under heaven, even among men, by which we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived and figured out, it was obvious to them that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, they were shocked, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. If you have a pen, underline that last phrase, one of the best verses in the Bible. They realized that they had been with Jesus. All men, all women, even the best men, even the best women, mess up bad, really ugly. Not everybody recovers, and some who do recover don't recover. In, in the eyes of God, they're not recovered at all. Judas hung himself. It says he repented. It says he changed. It even says that he returned what essentially he had stolen. 
he gave back what you know he he had stolen he even did things which gave evidence that he had changed but what was the one thing missing what was the difference between what Judas did and Peter did anybody Peter jumped into the, into the lake and swam and went as fast as he could back to Jesus. Judas, what Lori said, was it's a worldly sorrow, meaning he was real sor- sorrowful. There were elephant tears. But God was not in the equation. Nowhere was God in the equation. I've seen a lot of people mess up so bad over the last 20 years being in ministry. There's two sets of people. They both have usually the same reaction. They're really, really bummed out about how bad they have messed up their life. One of them just tries to do whatever they can do to sort of make up for the bad things that they've done. But God is nowhere in the picture. The other, they just stop trying to patch up and make better their own life to, 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 to try to undo what they've done. And they just go directly to Jesus. The former, they're not recovered in God's economy. Like Judas, you could say, they are, he was called the man of perdition. He, he, he had everlasting destruction waiting for him after he hung himself. But that really is, you know, people fall into two categories. Either one, they recover well. They, they, run, they plunge into the lake and go after Jesus. The other, they don't. One has everlasting destruction and judgment. The other has everlasting glory and relationship. By the way, that doesn't begin when you die. It begins at the moment you go to Jesus. 